Welcome to the Close to Home podcast, where we welcome you into meaningful conversation on finding purpose, keeping faith, and navigating life as a military family. Let's dive deep into those hard topics that hit close to home. All right, guys, welcome back to the Close Home Podcast. I'm Chase here with my wife, Marissa. And if you hear kids squealing and laughing or screaming in agony, I don't know at this point in the background, it's because all of our neighborhood and their children apparently came out to play outside. And honestly, it's quite refreshing to hear. I'm not going to lie because, yeah, it's it's fun because – even though it's the winter time, the weather has been so gorgeous lately. So it's just nice to hear that there is life out there because it's not going to be like that for very long. So um, today we are talking about things nobody tells you about military life and about being a military spouse. We actually have 15. And this is one of those episodes that's a great example of your guys's feedback being included in episodes or an episode being what you guys make it because these are all things that y'all submitted through various social medias and some of these we got several times so yeah this is going to be a doozy because i see just glancing at them right now there's some pretty serious hard-hitting ones and then there's some ones that i'm holding back laughter because they're funny so i guess let's just get right into it marissa Yeah, so we really wanted an episode where we can kind of bring light to some of the situations or circumstances that military families and couples encounter. And so I went to our Instagram account and I asked you guys to submit some responses to things nobody has told you about military life or being a military wife. And you guys came through. We had like basically an outpour of responses. <laughs> and a lot of you guys made us laugh. Some of you guys made me want to cry, but we're going to be reading some of the responses and just kind of reacting to it, giving you guys um, maybe our experiences, if we can relate to them and just that kind of thing. Just have a kind of, um, I was going to say lighthearted, but some of these might not be so lighthearted, yeah. but just kind of a candid conversation as usual. So the first response is, as soon as you fall in love with your duty station, it's mm. time to leave. We're kind of going through that phase right now because now I have my orders for my schooling and stuff that we got going on. And California was kind of the same, except we didn't really get to explore everything or Mm -hmm. we didn't really go out as much as we wanted to. But that's very, very true because if you're – well, I I think there's a prompt about this. But if you're even at a duty station for any extended amount of time, you definitely develop some sort of deep-rooted connection. And Mm -hmm. that's your home now. You've made it a home and you have your community there. So it's very difficult to say goodbye to that, depending on your personalities, of course. But yeah, that's very, very true. Yeah. um, California was Chase's first duty station. Mm -hmm. And um, our first PCS was leaving California to come out here to Quantico. And honestly, it hit me so hard because I felt like we had finally planted roots. Like I truly allowed myself to feel rooted there and We had built a community of friends and church family. We had got involved in a church that we found. We Mm -hmm. were volunteering in the children's ministry and leaving there was so hard. And I was kind of, I was so upset. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I finally (laughs) feel like, I feel like like I'm at home and now I have to do it all over again. So definitely true. Well, and... And where we're at now in Virginia, there's not a beach. So Marissa was very upset about <laughs> I was, that. I was so upset. I hear it every single day. Every <laughs> single day. But yeah, just like you said, it seemed like we finally had gotten things figured out. And you're definitely going to have that 
that feeling quite often. As soon as things start to click, as soon as you're in a rhythm and it feels like, oh, here we are, Mm -hmm. I'm ready, this feels like a home to me, you're about to leave. It it is what it is. It happens every time, so get used to it. (laughs) But when you do move, guess what there's going to be a lot of? PCS stickers. PCS stickers. (laughs) Now, for those of you who don't know what that is, Basically, when the movers come to move your house, they'll put a bunch of little stickers on every single piece of things that you own. All the boxes. All the boxes. Every individual item. They will put these stupid little color-coded stickers and the... The little statement on here says PCS stickers might may as well become a home decor accessory because, <laughs> man, that's so true. Literally on our legs to our chairs like a few months ago, I still was finding these freaking little stickers, man. I know. I thought this was so funny because two weeks ago, I literally pulled off a sticker off of our, um, our Bissell Crosswave, our mop. And I was like, you've got to be <laughs> kidding me. How is this still on there? And our move was like, what, two years ago? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that when you think you've got them all... You haven't got them They always pop up. They always pop up because they literally mark every little last thing. If you have furniture, they'll mark individual pieces that you take apart. If you have utensils and you don't place them in certain bags, like in bags or whatever the case might be, you're probably going to have 300 on them on your forks alone. Oh, yeah. They're very thorough with their marking. I'll say that. Very thorough. But we'll talk about some other stuff with the movers here a bit later because, yeah, that's – a whole a whole nother thing, but do you want to go over the next one? Yeah, so the next submission is living in one place for more than three years feels like absolute mm-hmm. eternity. We've gotten used to frequent moves, and now I can't stay in the same place for too long <laughs> without going crazy. And, That's how I feel here. Yeah, it seems to kind of fly in the face of the first submission, talking about once you're in love with your duty station, it's time to leave. But once you're in that mindset of, okay, after a year mm. or so, you get antsy. You, yeah, you start with, all right, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? Because if you have enough time on your contract and if you try to make this a career, whatever path you might land on, it's going to happen. So as you creep closer and closer, you're just thinking, oh, when's it going to hit? What are we going to be doing? What? Mm-hmm. Oh. And after a certain time, especially now when we know the date that we're leaving and we have all the details kind of falling into place, it's agonizing when all you want to do is leave because under normal circumstances, you could. If you had everything put together, you would just get up and leave. Yeah. And Chase and I have been married for about three and a half years now. And in those three and a half years, we've lived in three different houses. And this is the longest we've been in one house. And I'm getting to the point where I need a, like a change of scenery. Is Yeah. We stayed in the past two houses were just a year. That's a year in each house. That's kind of crazy. Well, are you factoring in the fact we lived in a hotel for like a month and a half when we were here? Okay, no. But. That's a story for another time, <laughs> I guess. But okay, man, no wonder why you're so crazy in this place. Actually, I am too. Okay. Honestly, I'm I'm I ready. Love to it, but I'm ready for change. Yeah, something different. No, I definitely understand that. All right. Well, the next submission is military slash dependent ID photos may as well be a whose picture is worse competition. This one, all right, this this feels like it's directed towards me, even though it's submissions by other people, because no, mine, mine are terrible. pretty bad, too. I don't understand. I mean, I got I feel like, I don't know, my head's crooked all the time, or maybe I just have a crooked head. I don't know what it is. They're never but flattering. They're never flattering. You can get ready. You can get your hair ready, mm-hmm. have a nice fresh shave, a nice comb over, your makeup is on point, 
and you're still going to look like a wet rat at the end of the day. It's worse I, than my driver's license photo, and I thought that was bad. I don't know what they do. <laughs> I don't understand the angles. I don't understand anything well, about they, it. they rush you. Like, they're like, sit down or stand here, and they instantly take it. So I'm, like, always caught off guard. I just don't know. We need to be better. <laughs> we need to be better. But I think that's enough on those – man, those pictures are – Whew. Okay. Just I'm convinced no one has a good picture. So if you guys have a flattering picture, let us know because I'm pretty sure it's, just, impo- it's impossible. I think I'm about to cry. Go on it's to the like next a unicorn. one. You gotta go on to- <laughs> okay. You gotta go to the next one. I'm about to tear up. So the next submission was previous addresses of the last seven years is the worst question any employer can ask. <laughs> oh my goodness, it is. I just had this. Ah, what was I filling out? They asked me about all of our addresses and I forgot a couple of them in California. Actually, I couldn't even name them right now if if you like had a gun to my head at this point just because not just because of how many times that we moved, but it's just confusing. Like it's just confusing at this point. I had to fill out something for school recently and I put in our zip code for California and it kept coming back as like an inaccurate zip code for the yeah, area I put yeah. in and I had to sit there for like 2 minutes and figure out what I did <gasps> wrong. That's another thing because it's not on here. So some of the places that you live on base, the zip code doesn't always correlate with the adjacent oh, yeah, city. Oh, yeah, that's or how it was for us in, yeah. In yeah, or they'll tell you to use a zip code, but that zip code places you like 30 miles outside of the base, mm-hmm. someplace in no man's land. And then the zip code you use is like the city right outside, but some places don't accept that zip code. So you have to use a different zip code, but other places will accept that zip code. So it's just a whole mess of zip codes. That's really my my axe to grind with the military is this friggin' zip codes, man. Like let's let's figure it out. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's my big problem. I don't even care about the the addresses you've been at the last few years. They're friggin' zip codes, man. Jeez. <laughs> Uh, anyways, let's move on to one that's a bit more serious. It doesn't get easier; you just get stronger. Yeah. Do you wanna you wanna hit on that first? Touch on it a bit. Yeah, I agree, and I think this is perfectly worded because the military lifestyle brings about its own set of unique challenges and obstacles, and it's something that we talk a lot about here on our podcast, but. Um, I I like the phrasing, you just get stronger, because I think that one of my favorite things about this life is that it pushes me outside of my comfort zone. Yeah. And I feel like it forces me to not only build upon my strengths, but like identify my weaknesses and learn how to either work around it or kind of um, not combat it, but... Adapt. Yeah, adapt. Yeah. 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 No, I definitely agree with that because it's on both fronts. For a spouse, as well as for the member themselves, nothing in your life in the military is going to be easier. Mm-hmm. You don't get a break. It just either gets gets harder or you adapt to it and you start to kind of live with the friction. You overcome some of the problems or you solve some of the problems. It's not something – and I like how it, it's worded as you just get stronger. It's a very powerful statement, I think, because I, I don't think that we should minimize how much effort – how much strength mm. it takes just to simply be a military spouse dealing with those challenges. As many jokes as there might be in our inner circles about dependence or about kind of thank you for your service to spouses, a lot of just mm. pointed jokes or sometimes they're innocent. It, it truly is f- factually correct that they go through way more than like a civilian would go through when it comes to the kind of 
the kind of friction and the kind of uncertainties that y'all go through. It's definitely inspiring when you see a military spouse who has it all together because you know that that came through challenges and it came with you know a lot of baggage, but they have figured it out or they're working at it. And I think that's an incredible thing. I think eventually everything just kind of becomes second nature. You know, the long work hours or training mm-hmm. ops and deployments, things like that, like long distance, it just becomes your new normal and you just eventually you learn to adjust and it doesn't become like this daunting thing or this over, I mean, sometimes it can be overwhelming. Everyone has their bad days, but what what, what once was maybe this just overwhelming, defeating obstacle, it kind of just becomes like this thing that you learn to embrace. You just kind of deal with it. Mm-hmm. You deal with it day in and day out and you can sometimes turn those things on their heads and use them to your advantage. Our friends from like back home are always like, Marissa, I don't know how you do it. I can never be a military wife or I'll never let my boyfriend enlist. And I'm just like, you just do. You know, I don't think about Mm -hmm. it. I just live my life. No, that's a very good point. It's something that is a constant. And I mean, at some point it just becomes kind of like a second nature Mm -hmm. to you, if you will. Same thing for if you are... If you're currently serving as well, you I mean, you have to be adaptive, be able to assimilate to certain characteristics or certain cultural factors in the military. Yeah, and I think this is a good transition into the next point because someone said being in a military relationship makes you mature faster than your peers. <sighs> you stole my transition. I was gonna Oh, sorry. No, no, that's fine. Total joke. But I don't even know. I wouldn't go as far as to say we're more mature. I just think we're in such a different season of life. I agree with that. But I also do agree with the statement at the same time yeah. because I to think a point I would too. I think it's just a different, a different world completely, and there's different maturity levels within our bubble. I think it's just a different atmosphere that that y'all operate in versus somebody who might be in a civilian's role. And that's not to say that that they don't deal with struggles and uncertainties mm-hmm, as well. There's totally different things that somebody who isn't a military spouse has to deal with that you don't have to deal with. And that, you know, that's not anybody's fault or, or real advantage. But I do think that there is, there is something about the military, not just forget about the nature of conflict and war and all these other things, but just being in the military where if you were – not a very good planner, if you weren't if you weren't very adaptive, if you didn't deal with conflict well and on both my level and on your level, Marissa, I think that it is something that forces you to do that because if you don't do that, you don't have a husband, you don't have a wife, or you don't stay in the military. So in a way, I think it just exposes what our kind of gaps in knowledge mm-hmm. and our kind of insecurities are and then we either take those and look at them and deal with them or we let them break us and then we become civilians and we're no better off than we were prior so yeah well and going back to the seasons of life thing a lot of our friends from back home or around our age they're just now getting out of college Mm -hmm. so they've been partying and dating and doing all those young adult things whereas chase and i have been more family-minded and family-centered the last few years. So it's just a different season. Kind of weird to see that, to be honest, because we're talking about completely different things. And it's not to say that we're better than them. Obviously, we have our own belief system and mm-hmm. they have they have theirs and they're doing their thing. We're doing ours. But it's just completely different. Like 
they're like you said, just getting done with hanging out, being very social, and and going to college, whatever whatever it looks like for them. To be honest, and I have different roles and responsibilities. I'm in a different position than them. We are in a different position than them, and it's just different. Just like you said, it's not necessarily that one of us is more mature than the other. Although I would make the case, I, I do think that we are in certain regards, but it's more so that there's just differences. We're worlds apart. We're mm-hmm. nothing alike because it's just not the same day to day as somebody as in their situation. It's kind of funny to look at friends and coworkers in the military circle and they all are on like, you know, their second and third baby. And then you look at our friends from back home and they're like just now getting engaged. You know, it's just a different pace. Yeah. And now that you mention it, that difference in pace, that difference in lifestyle, quality of life, some other experiences that somebody in our friend group is experiencing outside the military vice what we're experiencing, it can make things very kind of like there's a a gap, like almost like a language barrier, so to speak, because we're in a different season of our life, a different part of our life, getting ready to expand our family and do certain things. And they're just getting out of college. Maybe they just got done partying or taking things very serious at a trade school, whatever. Mm -hmm. There's just this gap between us where maybe we don't relate to one another as much as we used to. And it's one of those things that can be very isolating to go through because the people that you considered your best friends, the people who may have been family to you in certain cases, just don't relate to you anymore. You can't talk to some. I've, I've had people I've tried to talk to who I was really close with in high school or that I would just consider friends and trying to converse with them about anything that's above whatever it is that they're dealing with or maybe I'm dealing with, it, there's just misfires. You're not really meeting at any point. You can't really discuss certain things and you might feel like you're you're off. You're on these these different wavelengths and it's difficult when you're in our position, because if you feel that way, if you can't really relate to a college lifestyle or a trade school, whatever they're going through, then you're alone in a certain type of way when it comes to your friendships. Mm. And that's one of those, just another one of the things about being in the military that you kind of have to come to grips with is some of those people that were here all the way up for the ride. And this might be their this might be the the point of departure for you and for them. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just you may have outgrown that friendship or outgrown them as people, or it could have just been more enlightening than if you otherwise wouldn't have deviated from the path that they're on, if that makes if that makes any sort of sense. Yeah, no, I think that was well said. Yeah, I I just I don't wanna I don't wanna take for granted what what this conversation is because, again, in my pers- perspective and in my opinion, I do believe that me being in the military has made us kind of mature in different ways a little bit sooner, maybe like a stage ahead of everybody else, not in terms of intellectually, but in terms of what you and I are experiencing right. with our family and what we want moving forward. It's different. I'm in my career now, or at least I can see my career some of the people we know aren't even starting on mm-hmm. any, anything to do with what they went to school for. So I just think that's kind of a difference in kind of our lives that that shouldn't go unnoticed. And, and I want people to kind of understand that you're not alone if you feel 
alone in that way. It's just when you've gone to school with everybody and, and hung out with people for so long, as soon as you're different, you might not feel that connection anymore. Yeah, it can be isolating when you're worried about things like bills and finances and career planning when you know maybe your best friends aren't in that same season of life. It can definitely be lonely. For sure, for sure. And I, I don't want that to be something that's taken lightly or, or overlooked because, again, it's important to talk about these kind of things and to find common ground with those people or with other people like you who are in a similar situation. That's why it's so important. And that's why we stress on this podcast to to reach out, to have a community, to do all those things. So that way you don't feel alone. And that's really all I have to say on on that. I think we covered it pretty extensively. All right. So the next one is military life takes a toll on your marriage from the military always coming first. So I guess, Marissa, if you'd like, you can take, you can try and uh, and tackle this one first and I'll kind of go off of what you say. I feel like recently we've gotten better at navigating this and kind of finding that perfect balance to the best of our ability. But for a really long time, this was sort of difficult for me, just kind of coming to terms with the fact that the military always comes first, that Chase will always be on work mode. You know, his his phone will always go off. You always have to keep it by his side and we always have to plan around the military. Um, it I wouldn't say that there was a strain on our marriage, but there was a lot of like, you know, bickering and nagging and some arguments stemmed from me not feeling prioritized or important. Yeah, I think some of the that... I think some of the tension typically comes from the fact that I think that military spouses don't always understand that if we could, as the military member, just shut off our phone, we would 100% do it. I don't think that there's a single – I mean, if you're a good senior leader or a good non-commissioned officer, you would say, oh, I wouldn't do that because I want to make sure my Marines are taken care of or if Mm -hmm. they need something, they can reach out to me, right? With that being said, if you knew they would be taken care of, every single one of us would say we would love to come home and just shut it all off. But we can't. And I don't think that's something that not only we are told, but the spouses are – I don't think they understand it. I don't think they grasp it off the jump. And it's something that causes a lot of friction and and a lot of conflict because it's something that you're working through together. Like my phone will go off all the time about whatever course I'm doing – Whatever we have for work, whatever a junior Marine is doing, squirrely stuff or something happens, I, I mean, we have to deal with it. And it's not it, – it's unavoidable. It's something that we will have to deal with the entire time that we're in. And that is very – it takes away time from the spouse. It takes away time from your family. But that's something that you have to recognize and then you have to either set your phone aside, keep it – on all the way just in case something happens or however you deal with that you got to deal with it because it's going to take away time and it's going to take away love from your significant other and that's something that is completely unacceptable but it also happens and it's just something that you you kind of have to figure out for yourselves see what works for y'all and and then implement that day in and day out another part of this that's a bit bigger picture is whether or not your military member has this civic duty or this feeling of civic duty towards their country when it comes to wanting to go on deployments or wanting to be kind of in the quote unquote suck at all times. 
there is this looming threat of field exercises, deployments, being away from home for training, whatever that might look like for them and their MOS, that is always something that is there. And that's where the military is going to come first 100% of the time. And it's, a, it's unavoidable. It's unavoidable unless your significant other is getting into a job that has a higher operational tempo or they are they're volunteering for deployments. It, it, if you're told that your unit is doing something in the field or is getting deployed someplace, there isn't any say that they have in that. And again, more, I don't know. I don't want to say more often than not, but there are a lot of my brothers and sisters who do have that kind of craving almost mm-hmm. to go out and, and get some, to be honest. And that's just another that's just another thing that as a military spouse, regardless of how long you've been with your significant other, you have to form kind of an understanding with one another because it's not that they want to leave you. It's that they want to serve their country. They joined to serve their country. And that might be the way that they see that they serve their country is doing something in an operational or a tactical environment. And that's not something that you can necessarily understand from you know, your perspective as much as they can understand by doing all that stuff, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think where spouses struggle or kind of where that hardship lies is that when it comes to what the military commands of our spouses or, you know, what, what's needed of them, we have zero say in. And even though like it's, it's obvious, it doesn't make it easy when, you know, what's asked of our spouse, we have no control over. We don't get to, you know, oh, well, you know, that's fine that he has to do this, but can it wait until next week or like an hour from now? You know, we have no say. Yeah, that's, I think just like everything else on this list and we haven't really discussed or I guess made note of the title is this is just another thing that we're trying to bring awareness to because everybody who's getting into a relationship with somebody who is in the military, whether it is a reserve component or active duty, should be made aware of the fact that at any given point, they can just be gone. for an undisclosed amount of time or for a decent period of time. And it can just be sort of overwhelming and discouraging when you feel like so much of your life is out of your control. And I think like that is the hardest part about being married to someone in the military is that where we live, where we move to, when we move, what my husband does, where he is, you know, how long he's there for is completely out of my control. Yeah. And if you're listening to this, you're most likely either already in this position or somebody that you're interested in or dating, seeing, thinking about getting married to might be in this position. I'm, I'm assuming, right? I'm assuming here that nobody's listening to this and they're a single Pringle just chilling out, okay? Somebody that you know or you're about to be with is in my shoes, is in the Marine Corps, is in the Army, is whatever, whatever. So the thing that you have to understand is when you're in that position, you deal with it. Mm-hmm. Just like... Nothing gets easier. You only get stronger. Nothing's going to alleviate and give you, hey, this is the Marine Corps saying, when would you like your husband to be deployed? That doesn't happen. It's never going to happen. So me to you, being completely honest and open and candid, you're going to have to to find things to cushion that blow, to find support right. and to you know figure that out for yourselves, whether that's communally or individually. Yeah, I'm glad that you kind of brought back that it doesn't get easier, you just get stronger point because I was actually going to go back to that because this is one of those examples of you kind of just learn to adapt. It becomes second nature, your new normal, and 
you just you sort of learn to deal with it but again that doesn't mean that there aren't those hard days when it's just such an inconvenience it's really annoying it's overwhelming you miss your spouse um yeah we all have those days from time to time and i was going to bring this up with the next point because it kind of ties in but kind of doesn't but i'm going to just say this now because speaking from the military members perspective and i'm i'm just going to i'm not going to mince my words i'm going to say it straight up please for the love of everything do not burden your spouse with with the how should i put this now i'm trying to think of how do i put it no, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> as, as a military spouse, do not burden your military member, your significant other, with the frustrations and the mm-hmm. anger, the hatred for the institution of, of all of the, the uncontrollable factors that are just unavoidable. Meaning if he has to leave for something, if he has to have his phone on him, don't bring that into the relationship. I, if he's not dealing with it, that's one thing. Mm. But don't bring that stuff up and let that drive a wedge between you because I've seen that happen so many times where people I literally work with say, hey, babe, I'm going to be a little bit late because I'm whatever is going on on the range. And their spouse freaks out on them. Right. Because just as much as it's out of my control, it's out of yours too. Exactly. And I'm I'm not going to perceive to know all things about your given situation, but I'm speaking directly to the spouses, knock that stuff out. If your significant other hits you up and says, hey, I have to do something. Hey, we're going to the field this week, whatever. Be open and honest with them and you can express frustrations, but don't pinpoint it and direct it towards them because that's completely unfair and out of bounds. Well, I think in a situation like this, spouses really crave that sort of reassurance or comfort. Like, hey, I know this sucks. I miss you. I want to come home to you. Let me just deal with this, and then we'll do this tonight. We'll watch a movie. We'll cuddle. We'll spend that quality time together. I think that's where a lot of military couples kind of miss out is we express only frustration, but there's no Mm -hmm. like comfort. There's no, hey, I hear you. I'm there with you. This sucks. Well, and as military members, we have to be better as a whole and as a community of Dudes and dudettes, because listen, I already have had conversations with people where where they have these terrible hours and working conditions, and what do the, what do we typically want to do? We want to go home and relax. We yeah. want to go to the gym. We want to play video games, which is probably one of the worst things you can do at home because you're home and you're not spending time with your significant other. If you carve out a little bit of time, that's between the two of you. Mm-hmm. But I know people who will say like, oh, I just played games or, or did my thing all night. And just like you're saying, sometimes y'all are just looking for the reassurance, the, hey, I know this sucks, but I love you and I'll make time for you thing. Just as a community as a whole, both sides got to get better at that. Because I've, I've heard it from uh, on both sides of that coin and both sides are jacked up. So I think understanding and perspective is important understand what your spouse is going through and, you know, kind of be understanding of circumstance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think we can kind of dive into the the next submission, which is going to be pretty quick because it kind of encapsulates some stuff we just talked about, but I had some specifics that I wanted to speak to my brethren about. Um, so basically, it's you are a Marine, soldier, sailor, airman, whatever, Coast Guard, we don't really... Um, you know, care, but no, it, whoever it is, you're that thing 24 seven. I know in the Marine Corps, we hear it all the time. You're a Marine 24 seven. And it's typically when your command is telling you to not go out and do something stupid or go to the store and flip flops. And 
to be quite honest, this is something that is definitely hard to come to grips with because of all the stuff we already identified with having your phone on you, with doing all this stuff. And from our perspective, my perspective, it's it's difficult because, I mean, you can't really just lounge around and go to your local Target like you used to do back in the day. You can't go out and not shave. You can't be looking like a scrub. Right. If you're If you're having a bad day, you can't. You still have to mind your P's and Q's, cross your T's, dot your I's. You have to do all those things that you're expected of because you represent not Chase Shropshire. You represent the United States Marine Corps. You're not Chase Shropshire. You're Sergeant Shropshire because at the end of the day, when stuff hits the fan, whether, honestly, if it's bad or good, if you save somebody's freaking life, it's going to say veteran, U.S. Marine, sar- whatever. Yeah, we've all seen it, yeah. It's going to say your little identifier before it says your first and last name. And you're going to get freaking hemmed up for something bad if you're if you're not really paying attention. And it just doesn't stop. I think that's the one thing that I wish we would tell our guys more often is, is those those standards are standards at all times. The the calls, the rogering up. All of these things can happen at any given point in time. doesn't matter when it is. I've came in to work at times on a Saturday because somebody's room wasn't clean. Mm-hmm. I've gotten dressed up in a uniform before because of somebody else's mistakes. I mean, that's not something that you're told in the recruiter's office. I mean, shoot, my recruiter was pretty honest with me, to be honest. He's a pretty killer guy, so I knew all of the ins and the outs for the most part. But that's something that you don't really understand is that you represent something bigger and that comes with restrictions and consequences and not just the 10% off or the Veterans Day burger or stack of pancakes that you get. It comes with a lot more. And um, and that's just something that you kind of have to be mindful of day in and day out, to be honest. So that's really – I just want to hit up that quick because I think that goes hand in hand with what we just talked about. But it's also got its own little thing. But anyway, do you want to read the next one? Yeah, so we got a handful of responses like this, and it honestly made me really feel for you moms, but um, this submission says, thanks to deployments, field ops, duty, and training, you feel like a single parent even though you're married. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't like to typically dive too deep into things that we don't right. go through or we don't fully understand, but I guess if we were to hit this up kind of briefly, I mean, I can only imagine what it feels like for a military spouse whose husband is for god bless them if they're on a deployment for being the longest how how they kind of have to tailor their lives to their child or to Mm -hmm. their environment because they no longer have their husband or their wife coming home to them and supporting them emotionally or financially whatever it might be i man it's kind of a tough one. I, I can't really imagine being in that position yet. One, because we haven't been. But two, it's difficult. Like, there's a lot of moving parts with that. Mm-hmm. Well, this is something that we've talked a lot about when it comes to family planning. Chase and I, I mean, we've talked about this, mostly me. I'm, I'm definitely a life planner. I like to plan out things as far out in advance as I can. And so we've talked a lot about when we will be expanding our family. And a lot of conversations have been centered around the idea of, can I handle that? Can I handle mm-hmm. being a solo parent sometimes when either Chase is working late or he's gone for various reasons? And so 
um, yeah, I just, I really feel for the moms out there. I have a lot of mom friends and um, I try my best to support them the best that I can. But of course, it's not something that I can directly relate to at this time. I think what you said though is key is that support aspect is the mm -hmm. most important thing because whether or not somebody asks for it, asks, I said that really weird, somebody <laughs> asks for it, that support is going to be needed. It will be needed. Uh, we're a lot of, I can speak at least for the for the Marine Corps, uh, you know, fellas. A lot of us are we're full of alpha males, or we're full of very stubborn individuals, and sometimes we tend to be attracted to similar in our in our significant others. So I I get it. It can be you can be very protective of your family. You can be very stubborn, and independent is a big one as well. Mm -hmm. You can be very independent, but at the end of the day that support is going to come from somewhere. And if you are struggling, you kind of, in my opinion, at least, I think you owe it to your family and to your child to try and, you know, seek out, it doesn't have to be anything crazy, but try and seek out somebody to kind of help you out if your family isn't really able to be that support system mm -hmm. for you. And there's plenty of resources out there, primarily what we talked about earlier, like Facebook groups, or I guess in the last episode, we talked about Facebook groups. That's one of the biggest places for community in our world. So that's, I guess, our advice or my advice. Yeah. Well, and if you, you know, those of us that don't have kids, these are the conversation points that you should be hitting now because um, it's important to really be honest with yourself mm -hmm. and be honest with your spouse and take an honest look at your marriage and just life circumstances and the environment and what your day-to-day -day looks like. Are you ready for kids? Especially if you're in the season or we really like to use that term. We do. That's like our favorite word. <laughs> If you're in this kind of mindset that I specifically am in, because and and we've talked about this and we're both in agreement, I'm in this mind of I'm ready to go, go, go. Mm -hmm. Whatever that looks like, whatever training I can get my hands on, I am gonna be just balls to the wall, getting after it the best to my abilities, and that comes with different sort of quirks when it comes to family planning. So you definitely have to be mindful of that. And be careful, be careful with that stuff because you don't want to have a family and then not either not be able to provide for them or if you hadn't discussed with your spouse earlier, have these surprises kind of come up to where now all of a sudden you're gone all the time and your spouse wasn't expecting it because you didn't have that intentional conversation with them and you weren't honest with them. So I think that goes a long way, to be honest. Moving on to the next submission, we got um, a couple of these as well, but this one says, you quickly realize who your true friends and family are. Nobody visits, texts, or calls, but our military friends we've known for a short amount of time are the best we've got. Mm-hmm. Preach it. Preach it. Yeah. This, this couldn't be, this is the most true, <laughs> the truest, whatever. This, this is, yeah. I, I get a lot of questions on my YouTube channel about like how to make friends as a military spouse. And something that I always say is that it's really easy to make friends in this community because we all have something in common, right? The military is like this mm -hmm. kind of like underlying factor that we can all relate to. And that doesn't mean your friendships have to be based around that, but you have a community of people who understand. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they're there. And I think, yeah. And I think that's what makes the, the friendships when you do make them so strong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. People are going through similar things to you. People are stationed with you or 
they at least can kind of get a grasp, get a grips of uh, what you're going through. They may have gone through it themselves. So there's a lot more relation when it comes to that. And I mean, it's, it's a tough, I couldn't really find the words to say because this one is incredibly personal to both of us. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those matter of facts it's not something that you're not going to experience. It, to varying degrees, everybody's going to experience this, this one, this one point because you are going to be very preoccupied in this lifestyle, and not everybody is used to having to reach out to you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're the grandson, the son, I don't know, whatever you are to anybody of significance um, who who reaches out first. And that's what your relationships are built on is you going out of your way or just saying hello to somebody and you might not have the particular time for that anymore. So things just kind of slide. Things fall by the wayside. Not necessarily anybody's fault, but it's just different. It's a different dynamic. And that's something that your friends and family should know up front because hopefully you told them or hopefully they understand from their own experiences with somebody who has served. It's definitely difficult and it's probably one of the most difficult things that you'll deal with, especially when it comes to your family or friends, I guess, depending on mm-hmm. depending on those relationships that you've had. But just like everything else, I think I've said that this is one of those where you shouldn't take it too personally. I think I said it earlier that you will grow or outgrow or outlast some of these friendships or relationships. And it's it's the truth. I, I'm not telling you because I've made it up myself to make myself feel better. I'm telling you because it's the truth. It is something that's going to happen. And it's just, uh, it's just a factor that you're going to have to come to terms with. Yeah. And this is also why we talk a lot about finding comfort where you are and with the family that you have where you know right in your home whether it's you and your spouse or you your spouse and your kids or um, your friends in the military community mm-hmm. but looking back at this statement um, when you do realize and narrow down those friends and those family members who are there for I was just about to say a lot of stuff um, when they're when they're there for you through everything that you're going through mm-hmm. or through kind of all the times where you haven't had time for them, hold on to that. Yeah, Those are the people that truly count and those are the people that truly matter. We've had people who have reached out to us and we were friends with them for less than five years, less than three years, continuously reach out. I literally just texted, one of my buddies literally just texted me before we hopped on here because he saw a picture of me and he reached out to me and I didn't even say a dang word to him. So those are the ones that you should be you should be holding on to. Trust me when I say that because it's it's not easy to find. Even though we we've made it a point to say that you can find community in this life, it's not as though all of those people are worth sticking around for. There are friendships that again, are, are there for the immediate and maybe not for the future. But when you do find those people who reach out to you because they saw a picture of you or whatever it might be, those are the ones that you should, you know, make an effort to keep. 
Isn't there like a Winnie the Pooh quote that goes something like, one true friend is worth more than gold or something like that? Is that Winnie the Pooh? I don't know. It made me think of I mean, Winnie, Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh was a <laughs> philosopher then because I don't remember Winnie the Pooh saying I that. But like actually, some... he said some pretty philosophical stuff sometimes. So thank you, Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Appreciate that. I never thought that we would talk. I never thought that Winnie the Pooh would ever be <laughs> spoken. I'm pretty sure it's Winnie the Pooh. I'm going to Google it after we record. Yeah, please do because now... That's driving me crazy, and I just keep hearing it in Winnie the Pooh's voice in my head. So if it is or isn't, it's going to be there forever now. So thanks for that. But <laughs> Moving on to something a little bit more lighthearted. This uh, is kind moving. of – yeah, yeah, nice one. Yeah, this one was kind of funny. Um, military movers are better at losing or breaking your things than they are at packing up your house. Oh, that makes me so heated because – Oh, I know. I Okay. All right. So, so, so <laughs> with, with this, if you ever have the military – move anything for you it is imperative that you create itemized lists of take everything pictures. and take pictures of the condition of those items because you can get reimbursed for the things that they break but you have to identify the condition and you have to make sure that you have some form of receipt or you can at least find the item so yes. if it's out of stock if it's unavailable Make sure you find it someplace and you can try to get it reimbursed. Doesn't always work. I tried that once for a TV of, a TV of ours and they wanted me to get like an inspection done and all this other crazy stuff. And sometimes that will happen. They'll ask you for follow-on steps. But yeah, make sure that you do your due diligence and you list it, you take pictures because they're going to lose and break everything. <laughs> yeah, take pictures of seriously everything, even if you think it might be insignificant or you think at the time that you don't care if it breaks or maybe you think, oh, it won't break, it'll be fine. No, take pictures. And if it's a working item like a TV or um, an appliance, take a video of it in action because mm -hmm. that's what happened with our TV. We didn't have proof that it was working before we had yep. moved, even though it definitely was. 100% so, was. Yeah. Yeah, and because this is a fact, they are, they lose, they break stuff. There's a whole Facebook group geared to this. Make sure that if you have any valuables or any sort of sentimental items, you either pack it and take it yourselves or you leave it with a family member or a friend that you trust yes. and you get it at a different time because it's not worth the headache of worrying about it being in transit and then them losing it because it's it's going to get lost. I'm telling you that right now. There will be something in your lot of stuff that gets lost or is broken, if not multiple things. So don't even take the chance if, if you've got like photo albums and stuff. Keep that trash with you or, or give it to somebody to hold on to because it's not worth it. It is not. Oh, man. Not worth it. I'm getting like PTSD. Like, this is a, yeah, a sensitive topic. For flashback. Well, because I spent all that time freaking typing stuff up, and the one thing that I, the ooh, that one video I didn't take of the stupid TV. They're like, hey, yeah, could you like get it inspected and do all these things to prove this? I was like, it was working beforehand. Take my word for it. But I, I'll give them, I'll give them this. A lot of times. We're pretty smart when it comes to living in the gray with stuff as military members, and they've probably gotten finessed quite oh, yeah, a bit. Yeah, they've probably for, been taken advantage of, so that's why they have for the whole sure. process. But I don't blame them for that, but it was still infuriating, totally infuriating. But okay, now let me <laughs> let me a moment. I yeah to compose myself before I read the next thing. Not because of the next thing, but because military movers get me heated. All right. 
Okay. So we got a couple of the we got a couple submissions that were basically the same, said similar things. And that's there are times you have to hold back emotions so you don't affect your husband's job performance or your the military member's performance. Uh, we end up having to discuss things way after the fact and when it still bothers the the spouse. So um, oh, she meant that holding back her emotions for the sake of her spouse, it bothers her because the, mo- the emotions are just kind of like pent up. That's what she's meaning. Oh, this was exactly how they said it. Yeah. I thought you, oh. No, the, no I haven't like changed this. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. My mistake. Okay. Now with that in mind, um, yeah, I can definitely see how that's frustrating. And I have, I have some, some stuff on my end to speak on this, but I can only imagine as a military spouse how um frustrating and how emotional it must be for especially if your if your husband or your wife has a job that is high stress or people's lives are on the line day in and day out where you can't really afford for the sake of others to hash out that feeling or that conversation then yeah, well, I can actually relate to this pretty recently. Um, Chase had an interview that he had to go to, and something small came up, like very minuscule, but I didn't want to throw him off before this big day. I didn't want to kind of like, you know, get in his head or discourage him at all or just like add, you know, bad vibes to the day. And so I just like put it off. But I can understand like that frustration, especially if it's like something bigger that you want to talk about, but you don't want to throw off your spouse or I don't know, you know, when you have a bad morning and it just ruins the whole entire mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Well, and on the flip side of this, I know as military members, especially, geez, in the Marine Corps, we have a lot that goes on in our days, and there's a lot of frustrations being in the military as a whole. Sometimes things that you can't really have any control over and friction points, conflicts that you just have to deal with. For me, I know sometimes it's difficult, instead of holding back the emotions, it's difficult to not dump all of your emotions on your spouse at times. And that's something that I know... I can definitely do better at, and it's um, it's something that it's difficult because, like we talked about earlier, being a Marine twenty four seven and having your life not revolve around the military, but it is the military. It can be difficult to hold back kind of those frustrations and kind of the emotions you went through throughout the day because it's your life, and sometimes that can definitely be frustrating on our end because, I mean. Gosh, I mean, we have to do it. We have to hold it back, but it also can feel like you're not being heard by your partner when in all reality, it's just an overwhelming thing when you bring that, when you bring work home, it, whether it's your life or not. If you bring work home and you make it about, like you make now the time that you're spending with your spouse about work, it's never a good thing regardless of what you do. It's just, it's a little bit more complex when it comes to being in the military and then, you know, with your spouse, but that's definitely something that uh, that I think we can relate to as well. It's just a little bit. It's a little bit different. So, um, the next one is it's so defeating and discouraging having to restart careers, friendships, etc. After every move, and it's even worse when you feel like nobody understands the frustrations. I don't have a ton of experience with this because obviously this is a military spouse. Not surprise, um, <laughs> but. I can share in the frustrations of like friendships and certain things that are very like geo, uh, you know, it's very geographical. It's those, uh, you know, 
relationships you built with with church members or whatever that's that you can't pick up and take with you that is definitely frustrating and i can only imagine what military spouses go through um every single every single time we pcs because your life regardless of if you work regardless of if you go to college you are kind of just at the mercy of the military Mm -hmm. just as much as we are and you have to give up a lot of those friendships and a lot of those opportunities and experiences in order to stay with us. So, um, yeah, I can only imagine how, how irritating, how frustrating that can be, especially when sometimes you don't really have people to talk to and people who understand you. If you just kind of look within this kind of narrow scope and you don't broaden your horizons to the community at large, I guess. Yeah, because they don't understand all that goes into it. You know, you can look at the situation from the outside looking in and say, oh, yeah, that probably sucks. But you don't know, like, the blood, sweat, and tears that went into um, restarting your career Mm -hmm. again and, like, kind of hitting those goals that you had to reset and um, making new friends, navigating your new community. I feel like defeating and discouraging are, like, the two perfect words for the situation because that's exactly what it feels like when you feel like you finally planted roots where you are, you feel settled, you feel at home, you feel confident in where you are and your career is taking off and you have these amazing supportive friends and you're just feeling really happy with the season of life that you're in. There we go with the word season. (laughs) And then next thing you know, your spouse has orders and it's time to do it all Mm -hmm. over again. Yeah, and... When it comes to being the military member in that specific scenario, you have to be understanding and you have to be basically an advocate, 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 advocate for your spouse because you, you need to just attempt to kind of sympathize with them. You're not going to know exactly how they're feeling because they're going to have to get up and move their job and well, I mean, maybe move their job with them if they can, but some of those things are going to go by the wayside and they're going to have to give up. And it's not something that we can always understand because your life goes on. Your job moves with you to that next duty station or shoot. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you're now on the range or you're now at the the gate being a gate guard. In that circumstance, then yes, you guys can cry together. (laughs) But um, for the most part, you have to be understanding and considerate with your spouse, but also understand that you don't know everything and you can't always put yourself in their shoes. You just have to be there for them. Something that I thought was really sweet when we moved here from California was that for like the first month that we were here, maybe like the first two months that we were here, Chase kept thanking me for following him. He kept saying like, thank you for coming here with me. And I'm just thinking like, well, yeah, (laughs) duh, of course, we're married. But it was like that thought and like that kind of recognition that you were seeing me and you were seeing what I had to do to like move my life here with you. And just that appreciation felt really nice. Yeah. And don't let, don't let it just be. I said recognition. That's fine. We'll we'll keep it in. We'll go with it. So... (laughs) um don't as the military member um make sure you're always paying attention to your spouse because during that month we were living out of a hotel and that was absolutely different and strange miserable at times but it shouldn't take the strange and the miserable and the different times for you to recognize your spouse's sacrifice now and that's not to say that's what i did i tried to be mindful of marissa's feelings and kind of what she's given up or what she's kind of been going through at every stage of our life. But don't let it be the 
the difficult times and the negative things that kind of orient your mind to your spouse, you should day in and day out be thinking about, oh, wow, she is making this conscious decision every single day to believe in me, to follow me, to Mm -hmm. love me against all these other obstacles. And that should be something that you constantly are, are thinking of. You know, slightly off topic, but you brought up the fact that we were living in a hotel for a month. That was when we moved here to Quantico and we were waiting on base housing. And I actually got a couple submissions that didn't make it to our list to share. But now that we brought it up, I wanted to say this. But a couple people said that they wish that they were told that like you have to wait for on base housing. Like there's going to be a wait list. And if housing isn't available, then you're going to be in a hotel or bouncing from Airbnb to Airbnb. And that's definitely something that one, nobody tells you. And it's something that people in the civilian world probably don't know or understand? You definitely have to plan for it. Mm -hmm. You definitely have to plan for it because regardless of the weight or if you're able to move a week or the day that that weight is over, there are going to be contingency plans that you have to get in place. That way you aren't homeless. And that's definitely stressful. Oh, it is stressful because you just moved all of your entire life to this new location and you're still like in this waiting game where, I don't know, there's something about moving into your house and being settled in and you can just like take that like breath of relief, like that sigh of relief. Well, you can't do that when you're still in like this temporary period. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Well, all of that was very heartfelt, was very deep and meaningful. And now we move on to the final submission, which might be the most impactful and emotional. Why are you laughing? Because I just read it. (laughs) Continue. Very impactful. Very impactful, very emotional. And a lot of you hopefully can kind of understand where this is coming from. I think it's something we don't talk about enough in the military. And that's no matter your job, no matter what you got going on in the military or where you're stationed, as a military member, you will always stink. Seriously. I washed Chase's camis on Sunday. Monday Monday evening, he comes home, immediately smells like sweaty man. Every time, without fail. Without fail. Even when I'm inside, whatever. I don't know if it's me. I, I don't know. But we stink. I want really... spouses to chime in. <laughs> Message me on Instagram. Yeah, let, me let know us know. It's just, do I have a stinky husband? I've smelled Is people I work them? with. We stink. We definitely stink. <laughs> it's It's an active... You have to be against the stink. Well, and something about your camis absorbs the smell because you only stink during the week. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's not something that we would like to talk about. It's kind of a hush-hush in the inner circles. And I don't even think, gosh, man, it's it's tough. I I don't really know how you... It's like an epidemic. Is that the word? Sure. (laughs) Epidemic, pandemic, whatever. It's, uh, It's a real thing. It's a problem. And God bless military spouses for putting up with us. And if you do our laundry at any point, thank you for your service. Cause Especially after the field. We won't talk about that because that's a special kind of smell. <laughs> you might as well burn. You might as well get rid of them clothes. Bury them. Something. Because that is... Whew. I remember when we first got married and you first left for the field, you were too embarrassed to let me wash those field clothes. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? <laughs> I wouldn't let you. I wouldn't give you a hug. You're like, give me a hug. I said, no. I went straight to the laundry room. I stripped down, threw everything and away. you showered three I times. I showered. Did I shower three times? You did. I thought you it was were, twice. You were so embarrassed. Man, I had to scrub. <laughs> I really had to scrub. Well, anyways, just ending on a lighthearted note, that concludes 
today's episode. I think that we had a lot of valuable nuggets of information. I hope that somebody listening other than the the stink part can take away something from this episode. There's a lot of really good submissions, honestly, in here. They're all good. So I hope that we can do this again sometime with other episode ideas because you guys knocked out of the park. Yeah. And the whole point behind this episode was for you guys to find comfort in knowing that someone out there can relate to what you're going through. That's the whole point of this podcast, the whole point of this episode and basically anything Chase and I do. We Mm -hmm. really want you to know that um, you're not alone in the season of life that you're in. No matter your circumstances, no matter where you are, there's someone out there going through the same thing. And we think it's important to come together as a community and talk about the things that we only talk about with each other or we don't like to talk about this this wasn't this wasn't really anything kind of taboo or mm-hmm. or crazy but i just wanted to kind of illustrate to you guys how we can we can talk about any of those things that maybe you're uncomfortable with divulging to your significant other or maybe to your families this can be a place where we can come together and discuss things that impact us all and maybe are uncomfortable to talk about. And again, this was kind of run of the mill, not nothing too crazy or too out of the norm, but it's still things that matter, still things that affect each and every one of us. And I'm really glad we got to sat here. We got to, what? We get, we got to sit here. We've been talking for too long. We really have. I'm really glad we got to sit here today and just kind of go over everything. So I think this episode was a good kind of, example of what we're trying to do with this platform and just kind of aggregate a bunch of things that you guys really wanted to hear or just a given topic, whatever that might look like, and go into a little bit more detail, talk about some things that might make each other uncomfortable or might lead to some sort of revelation. So I'm really glad we were able to do this As always, down below is the social media platforms, all that good stuff where you can submit podcast ideas or if Marissa puts out one of those pretty schwanky looking Instagram stories or whatever the heck she does, I'm socially media illiterate. I don't even know what she does, to be honest. I don't even know what that stuff is. But when she puts out polls or asks for suggestions, that's where you guys can find them. And also, as always, we are taking prayer requests via social media as well. So please DM us. It can be specific, pretty broad, doesn't have to include names at all. We can keep it totally anonymous. That is up to you guys because we end every single episode with prayer requests. Today, we had a request come in for somebody whose husband is going to be going through OCS and he's not prior enlisted. So this is going to be his first experience with the military, with basic training, everything. So we want to we want to pray for him and then just kind of end this podcast on a on a good note. So I want to pray for her as well. I want to pray just kind of peace and comfort mm-hmm. and security over her because it's obviously a transition for her as well. Yeah, awesome. I love it. All right, so let's uh, let's go ahead and close this out with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for everything that you've done to bring us to this table across from one another to provide this information. We just pray that the people who are listening are able to come and find some sort of help or happiness, love, whatever it is that you ordain them to take away from this platform. We we just pray that they find that and they're able to build their relationship with you to 
greater understand themselves and to greater understand your plan for them. Lord God, we have somebody who reached out to us who their husband is going through a different kind of transition, going to be going through officer candidate school, and it's something completely new and fresh for the both of them. There's going to be difficult times. There's going to be uncertainties and struggles within their relationship, within their house. And God, we just ask you to fortify their house with the Holy Spirit. We ask you to bless them with love and with happiness and allow them to kind of figure this thing out between the two of them so they can be stronger through these these difficult times and so that they can continue their journey to find you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, guys, like always, we will see you in the next one. Thanks for listening.